सलाम नमस्ते सच्चाकाल रेडियो जिंदगी 1170 सुन रहे हैं आप और सात बजकर तीन मिनट हो चुका है ट्यूसडे का दिन है इसका मतलब ये है टाइम हियर टू स्टार्ट द शो कैंडेड कॉन्वर्सेशन विद जेनू डिलन आई लाइक टू रिमाइंड यू गाइज दिस शो इज एड एवरी ट्यूजडे सेवन टू सेवन वी कम हियर एंड टॉक अबाउट एवरीथिंग दैट मैटर्स वेद इज चिल्ड्रेन सोशल इशूज वेमेन एम्पावरमेंट all kinds of things and today is a specially hot topic so i will get to that in just a little bit to aap sabko remind kar de this show is brought to you by genius kids which is not one of the best it's so it is the best institution for child care if you have any child care needs do not forget to check out www.geniuskidsonline.com and hamare sath judti hai miss renu dilan every tuesday 7 to 7:30 and she's the one who's a powerhouse she brings the show with us here so she's the ceo and founder of genius kids and without further ado let me welcome her to the studio hello and welcome hi arjay swati where's my helmet bulletproof vest you were meant to bring all these tools for me today i know sorry my reminder didn't go off got <laughs> <laughs> a jacket yeah. all right <laughs> no. so apart from this yeah. positive energy and this bright smile she also brings along a very special guest and today is doubly special because this is straight home this one straight hitting yeah, straight home uh, literally because and I, we go back too long we go if i start getting into our history that's a whole radio show in itself all right okay. but but 34 years 34 years is it 34 years that's right yeah yeah that's right all right so all our listeners were scratching their heads and wondering what are we talking about and who do we have here in studio why don't you tell us who do we have absolutely. today absolutely so you know as you know the topic has been very hot right now the freemont navigation center where the homeless shelter where is it going to be in freemont and there's been so much going on and i've been watching that right and used to be a freemont resident but now i'm, I'm still almost my businesses are in freemont so i'm very actively involved even though i don't live here anymore and i really felt that uh, candid conversations need to needed to um given opportunity to people who want to talk about this topic Absolutely. and i could think of no other than my friend uh, yogi chog and the amazing thing about yogi and i is we always have different views about everything but we've been friends a <laughs> long time it's, it's interesting yeah. so do you have different opinions about the navigation center too we'll find out today we'll on that out. one we'll find yeah, out yeah we'll find right. out but we go back many years uh, so and in addition to that i've taught his kids as well you have. so he's been uh, when i first started genius kids actually so it's been wonderful so, so, uh, review let's observe So how was your experience with Genius Kids? Um I've always said that my son's formative years um Renu really did a hell of a job making sure that he was confident and I've always said How about his right. singing skills today? His singing skills were, <laughs> yes. were the genesis yeah. of that was right at Genius yeah. Kids. All right so yeah. that's enough of yeah. that plug yeah. so yeah. this yeah. show is brought to you by oh, Genius Kids. I was wonderful Kids. to have Yogi and Mona uh, as part of our parents at Genius Kids it was wonderful. But Yogi Chok is a Fremont resident he's lived here as he said for the last 34 years. He's been actively involved in our local communities and has been a former two-term Fremont planning commissioner and now serves as commissioner for the Fremont Economic Development Development Commission. past chair of tri-city democratic forum forum and follows politics at a national and local level everyone knows yogi if you don't know yogi you haven't lived in fremont that's all i can tell you strong believer in the need for communities to have a seat at the table and and a strong political voice and that i do advocate for yogi especially in the elections he's always out there telling people doesn't matter what you think you know you need to vote because it's only when you vote you can make a difference right so welcome yogi welcome to the show it's it's a pleasure to be here on uh, candid conversations 
Jesus with Breno. Thank you. So, you know, Yogi with the, uh, and Swati with having the school, of course, at Maori, um, and this whole, you know, controversy going on, naturally a lot of my parents uh, at the school are affected by it because many of them live in the area. Right. So they've all been coming in to me, talking to me, and, uh, you know, uh, I will begin by saying that I like to keep neutral in these kind of things because I am a business supporter of Fremont, but I do have my own personal views, and I want to begin by letting everybody know that if you do want to call in, I'm not sure if we have time to take calls, but if you do, it has to be kept clean and professional because we're all entitled to have our own opinions and nobody has to get angry at all on, on whether what I say or what Yogi says or anything. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, Yogi, uh, I know you've been involved in the city of Fremont. So in this particular topic, how involved were you? Were you on the chair, on the council at the time when this was coming uh, being discussed? No, I'm not. Obviously, I'm just like any other resident of Fremont and certainly have been looking at this issue, the, the uh, Homeless Navigation Center. And the genesis of the topic is such uh, that my own transformation, my thoughts have evolved from the moment that I first heard about this and recognizing that just like me, there are many people out there who are very unclear about what this Homeless Navigation Center means. I think the best way to put in perspective the question to where I personally stand, it's been an evolution, and as I've gotten to get a better understanding, but I would like to probably emphasize this to the listeners. I think that the residents of Fremont on this issue can be broken down into three categories. Mm -hmm. Category one, they want it passionately. They think it's vital. There's some who say absolutely not. And there's probably a third component that comes back and says, maybe we should have it, but not in my backyard. And I think that's basically where this whole issue happens to come down on. And as this program progresses, I think it's important to address why the city of Fremont needs a homeless navigation center, the process that has unfolded such that in my 34 years, I have never seen an issue which has you know, unfolded the passions in a way that I don't think I've ever seen before. Uh, they're proponents and they're detractors. I would say the detractors happen to be more so because as this council looked at this issue, people from all neighborhoods uh, came in to express their concern. And, and I think that is the genesis of this conversation. Where are we? How did we get here? And how are we going to solve this issue? So what I've been hearing, you know, from parents and people who live in the neighborhood is, you know, when Fremont was pushing this whole downtown and the look like the Santana Row, you know, you look and live and work and this uh, amazing restaurants and everything, um, there was no mention of... Uh, any of the sites close by to be used for this navigation center. Now suddenly this has come up, and I think a lot. This is what I hear. A lot of people are feeling that they spent a lot of money. I mean, I, everybody keeps saying, you know, Fremont is going to do affordable housing. I don't personally. I don't see anything affordable about 1.4 and 1.8 million dollars. Okay, right. <laughs> that's not necessarily sure, affordable. Sure, it sure. may be for the Bay Area, but it's still expensive, especially when you're getting townhomes, even of you know, course. and uh, compared course. to what you can get out of Fremont. Right. So a lot of people feel that the city of Fremont or the council knew about this idea and this was not told to them and especially those who've just bought those new homes by downtown and the new townhomes and right. they feel that this was not disclosed to them by the builder or the council and that this should have been the case. Well, let's talk about this for a moment. So housing navigation center, the homeless navigation center. I think it's important to put in perspective things for a few moments. Fremont, just like every other city, has a homelessness crisis. 
undeniably. You go to San Francisco, you go to any city, I think that the very norm of our community, the country, and our state, and our local communities, I believe there is this very idea of income inequality. And I think that income inequality has created uh, some of those situations where things are unaffordable. Housing, let's just talk about that for a moment. Um, I think that the city, uh, Ill, as good intention as they were, uh, they, a tremendous amount of effort went into understanding what is the situation with our homelessness. If you look around in Fremont, from the time that I've seen homelessness, I think over the last few years it's gotten even more gregarious, mm -hmm. much more magnified. The homelessness is amplified. We see them more on the streets. As you can look around all of Fremont, and I don't think there's any portion of Fremont that is free from homelessness. If you look at Irvington, you look at Warm Springs, you look at Mission, you look at the north end of Fremont, you look at any of our pockets, you're going to find that there are homeless people that are walking around trying to survive during the day and finding a place to come back. So typically, uh, government advocates and social advocates will come back and say that when you have homelessness, get them off the streets. It's a variety of issues. Sometimes it's lack of accommodation. Sometimes it's a mental health challenge. Sometimes it's illness. As you know, health care is unaffordable right. in spite mm -hmm. of the fact. So what happens all of a sudden is that there are many people, Reno, that are probably one or two paychecks away from homelessness. So when that homelessness happens, you know, something has to be done. Government has a responsibility, not only to those that are affluent, but even to those that are not. And I think I'm going to get to the issue for a moment. So our city and our county, recognizing this is an issue, did a count of our homelessness. How, how many homeless people do mm -hmm. we have in Fremont? And at that time, we found out that the number was a shattering, was an increased number. In spite of our prosperity at any given moment in time on the streets, there were upwards of four to 500 people. Now, we don't have enough uh, shelters to accommodate that. So all of a sudden, we have not only a crisis of homelessness, but we have a crisis of a homeless shelter that can address their needs, get them into the system. Because really, you would probably agree that once you are homeless and if the issue is not addressed, you get in, sucked into this vicious cycle of homelessness for life. No, totally agree with that. And that's where we have an issue. We have a homelessness shelter crisis, and this is how this conversation began. How do we address helping those such that we don't have embankments, we don't have tent cities like San Jose, that we don't have that in Fremont. So as we began to recognize that, city had some decisions to make. Now, we can talk about how this conversation became uh, where now neighborhoods are being pitted against each other. Right. That's not my neighborhood, yeah. not that neighborhood. No on Dakota. Yeah. No, no one could no know because there were originally uh, 12 sites that were identified. Right. right. And the city had a scoring mechanism, and that scoring mechanism was based upon what seems to have worked in other cities, such mm -hmm. as Berkeley and San Francisco. And, and every week, every month, a new uh, homeless navigation center is coming up right. because social agencies and social advocates will say it works, it gets them off the street. So when you went from 12, you d finally came back to two sites one behind City Hall, and the other one was on the uh, area such on the Dakota. Mm -hmm. And then in the process, Irvington was ruled out, the uh, maintenance area was ruled out, uh, the original location, which was the church in Niles, mm -hmm. uh, got ruled out because the Niles neighborhood came out and said, not in my neighborhood, and they made their positions. And city council listened to everything, and then they came back and said, let's follow a process. Now, I'll tell you, Renu, I'm sorry, I'll tell you, Renu, the issue that happened. 
I think that the city council did a remarkable job of trying to come back and say, let's get public input. So they treated uh, the Homeless Navigation Center as a land use decision. When they frankly could have just decided to build it, put it in, and get it ready, and then the world would have woken up and said, oh my God, I didn't know this happened. So because this was treated as a land use decision, Mm -hmm. because this was opened up to the community to allow this to become a public hearing, I think the city council good intentioned did this and i think now what has happened is people are looking at the homeless navigation center as a toxic uh destination and it's not good for our neighborhood but you know you'll get issue you know i mean i will tell you nothing against homeless people but i say a lot of people have been written on facebook that real estate is not affected now I'm going to ask you a question. Would you buy a house that's right next to a homeless navigation center? Would it not affect I, I your would, decision? I would have questions like anybody else, but let's talk about this for a moment. You're taking the premise that if a homeless navigation center is close to your home, the values of your home will erode and that there will be people who will be on the streets and children will get impacted and all of that. You know, Reno, all of these concerns are very valid concerns. As a human being and as a parent, I think these concerns are absolutely valid. But let's talk about this for a moment. If you look at this as an economic decision, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it never works. But if you look at this as a humane decision, that homelessness can impact anybody. Now, I will tell you, I've had conversations with a lot of people. And the best analogy that somebody gave me is, Somebody lives in a remote part of America. They get into college, uh, go undergraduate, graduate school, couple hundred thousand dollars in college debt, jobs bring you to Silicon Valley, you buy a home, and you come back and say, I don't understand homelessness. I don't understand how they can't get a job. I can't understand what happens. So on an economic decision, I can see where everybody's concerns take the better of them. Who wants a toxic environment to be in their neighborhoods? Unfortunately, that's a conversation that's been framed. But let's talk about this for a moment. Assume that there's a homeless person that is encamped here. Mm-hmm. If he's got a tent and he's living there, you really can't remove him. Right? Cities can't remove him. Cops cannot come back and say, you need to go somewhere. That's true. So yeah. the question remains, just an example, what if that person gets sick? Suppose they get pneumonia. Suppose there's a mental illness and something happens to them. Your child is going to walk through. I think that's a a much more difficult scenario. But if they're in a controlled environment, a place where they go in temporarily for six months to a year, social workers, uh, housing advocates, uh, mental health care workers, people who could help them get back on their feet, get them out of this vicious cycle of homelessness, um, and get them back into the workforce, builds the character, the communities of character that we want. I believe right now, good-intentioned people have very legitimate fears and concerns. My first reaction was, oh my God, And my wife came back and said, what will happen? Is this okay? And I told her after I researched it. I went and talked to a lot of people. And I went and talked to a few council members. I went and talked to a few housing advocates. I talked to a friend of mine who's very involved in this. And and, and honestly, I come back and say, uh, homeless navigation center and very concept is important. And it would be irresponsible on us to come back and say we don't need it. No, but but Yogi, the concept is great. Yeah. But 
right downtown where you're br- building this brand new downtown you have all these homes coming up Absolutely. people want to go to restaurants i mean you want to be sitting in a nice restaurant and you have and let me tell you homeless people don't want food when you buy them food i've done that many times i've stopped and given them money for food they don't they want money uh, and, so, and Rena, the question that has to be asked is are those people that have been in the vicious cycle of homelessness for the last eight to ten years or are we talking about people who may have just lost a job or may have a pet and there's no place to go and shelters don't even allow pets but how do we quickly get them off the streets now let's talk about this for a moment your question is very valid Niles neighborhoods have said they don't want it. Some people have said they don't want it in their neighborhoods. Mission doesn't want it in their neighborhoods. Irvington doesn't want it in their neighborhoods. The Ardenwood North End of Fremont doesn't want it in their neighborhoods. So where does it go? So the question sometimes remains is that city governments as arbitrators of goodwill and recognizing that we need to build a center which somehow has access to transit, has access to services, has access to health care, then you look at a location. And this location contains individuals. If you don't build it, and the downtown that you're talking about, I've been yearning for a downtown for a long time. But if we don't find a place where we can temporarily, and remember there's a limit on how long they can stay here. If they happen to be in downtown walking around, uh, it, it has what's called a contradictory influence. So the question remains this. And I don't know the answer, because I believe today mm-hmm. um, the city council did the right thing. Mayor Lily May sent out a letter, and she said that there is a tremendous amount of vitriol. Uh, and, and believe me, the ones that are opposing it are entitled to an opinion, and we have to be respectful of where they're coming from. The two open uh, the workshops they're going to be having was an opportunity for people to come back and express their viewpoint. Um, and, and in hindsight, if this decision were not treated as a land use decision and had been treated and said we're addressing a crisis that we've identified and this is going to go on a city property or something to that effect, um, in hindsight, it may not have incorporated the will of the people. It may have vilified the public opinion. But somewhere along the line, um, did the city council shortchain themselves uh, by trying to create the situation? It's a dilemma. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll tell you, Freeman is torn at this. There was a workshop yesterday about housing advocates who come back and say that we need to talk about how to bring in the correct narrative, you know, why this works. There's success story after success story where it's worked. Mm-hmm. I'm almost positive that in a few cities, it probably hasn't worked well either, right? Government works nine out of ten times, eight mm-hmm. out of ten times. Sometimes it doesn't. There's unintended consequences. So if you were to ask me the question, I would come back and say is, if we don't have a homeless navigation center, how do we address the issue? Are we okay with the tent cities going up around town? I'll share an example with you. I went by and there's a person who has now built out a area where he's sitting on an open barren piece of land. Mm-hmm. And he's got his bed there, he's got his sleeping bag, he's got his cart, he's got his clothes. And, 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 and I'm saying, wait a minute, this wasn't here not too long ago. So somebody comes and tells me, oh, there's this homeless uh, teams of people, they're trying to go and do this to make the situation look worse so the city addresses it. I would venture to say that early entrance in homelessness, contrary to the affluence that lives in Fremont, 
You know, I would think that you and I may be fortunate enough and many others, but I think there are some people sometimes that are probably just two or three paychecks away from not being able to afford their rent. No, I mean, you have some very good points. Yes, Swati. So, yeah, I, I think I'm just being a devil's advocate sure. here, right? So what are the things that people consider or the city council considered when they said, okay, not here, not here? How did sure, we come sure, up with the sure. two, you know, cities? Because, li- like you said, we have turned neighborhoods against each other and like, not here, here, not here. We I have, have all the compassion in my heart, but yeah. then not in my backyard. Sure. So what do you have to say to that and how did we choose? And I think a part of it, what you're saying is we shouldn't have asked, we should have just picked the spot. On what basis do we pick pick a yes. spot and what are the things that you question. should consider absolutely one we need to get them access to transit right. sure so know, bart if, if being close bart, to bart bus everything if we get them to a certain place they should be able to get to their retraining their job and everything else access to services right access to health care you know there was a very robust process of scoring uh, that the city did, and I think there's a partner organization of Berkeley that does this successfully, and they came back with a scoring card. And out of the 12 sites, uh, they came back and they narrowed it down. And frankly, the first site, which was the church uh, at Niles, wow. was not in the top two. Okay. And then they came back with these top cho- two choices, and one choice was behind City Hall, and the other one came up. A lot of other sites were ruled out. Now, I think it's 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 unfair to the um, Dakota, at least the perception from them is, why us? It should go to downtown. If, because it needs to be around the amenities, right. it needs to be near the yeah. hospitals, Kaiser, Palo Alto Medical, and Washington Hospital. <laughs> but then the people who have homes around it come back and say, no. So where does it go? Then there's some people that came back and said, we should put this in the industrial section of Fremont. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know if Fremont truly has an industrial section. Technology drive? Technology drive. But on the technology drive, getting access to buses, getting them access to the workplace, the agencies, you'd have to take all the agencies there. But you'll get the argument is if the homeless people don't have money anyway, how are they going to go to the hospital? How are they going to get to Boston? Because when you're, there, when you're in this homeless navigation center, it's a full system of staffing and people and social workers and frankly it's going to require volunteers to staff this as well right one of the positions about the niles church was that they already had people that were ready to volunteer this Mm -hmm. so the question is exactly the question you're asking me is exactly the question 75 to 90 percent and there's some who are indifferent they don't even know what's going on right but there is a very active petition there's a very active it's become an economic decision um there's Others who look and say, make this a compassion decision. There are some who are saying, let's go talk to the faith-based leaders in our churches and our synagogues and our temples mm-hmm. and to talk about the need for this. The question simply is, if not here, when? And if not when, where? Because if we don't deal with this issue, where are we going to address the question of the three, four, five hundred? And it's growing. It, homelessness will never end. So my next question is, is that if the city as you mentioned, gave an opportunity to the public to come in and give their views. And obviously this has become a huge controversy everywhere, social media everywhere. What do you think the city, do you think the city can say, you know what, we thank you very much, but this is what we're going to do. I think Are that's able exactly to do what's that? going to happen. Because yeah? here's what's going to happen. They have the right to do that because Absolutely that's city land, right? they have the right? right to do that. And somewhere along the line, it will be a decision <coughs> that some people will be very unhappy with. And I think the mayor's letter was very clear. Let's respect those that have dissent on this, and let's respect those that are proponents. Right. There's a tremendous amount of, of, of you know, information that people have, and most of the things that the people are saying are based on the information that they have. 
Uh, I think the education, I think that the next two sessions, uh, if people were to go, it would answer the questions. The police chief has also come back and said that we do not believe that this will lead to an increase in crime. There are others who will say, no, I believe this will lead to an increase in crime. Participating, reading, going and attending these uh, workshops will help people in the city understand. There are certain things that we may have to address. And the question is that this is time-bound. People will not be lifelong residents of this homeless navigation center. The goal is to address their needs, and if the homeless navigation center, for a certain period of time, is to move them into either permanent uh, homelessness shelters that are continuing to grow up in Fremont. Mm -hmm. Many, many more are coming. But this is not happening because we built too much in Fremont. This is happening because homelessness is a migratory issue. People move from one neighborhood to the other. Just to give you an example. You live in with somebody, a relative and a cousin comes along. Something happens. Mental illness. The person who you were staying with comes back and says, you're out of my house. Mm-hmm. Where right. do you go? Right. That's what's happened. Now, I'm not a guy who can read tea leaves. And frankly, I'm torn on this mm-hmm. as much as I was before. But if we don't have this, would we be okay with people just putting up tents and squatting everywhere like every other city in the area exactly right so this is a crisis and frankly fremont happens to get a lot of attention because i think a lot of people showed up but this is a crisis that is happening in every city just yesterday san francisco they went against uh pacific heights and rincon and there was Mm -hmm. lots of litigation threats and all of that but the board of supervisors said it's a crisis that we have to respond to Unpopular as may be, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an imperative as a legislative body to address a crisis for which the state is giving significant amount of money, saying, "Guys, deal with this problem. If you can't deal with it, it's going to get worse." You know what? I know I'm going to get calls from people saying, "How dare you?" <laughs> but you know what? If yeah. if I'm involved in this, I think somewhere along the line we have to come back and say, "Let's put our concerns right. out there." Yeah. Let's try to figure out how to make a bad situation into a good situation. Right. And support our council in, in making the right decision. It's not easy for them right now. Yeah. Trust right. me. Right. So right before we started, you yeah. said there are three kinds of people. I'll add a fourth category, category that's confused, that hasn't had a direction. No. And hopefully with this conversation, yeah. you've had a, a, you know, you've picked a side. And hopefully this conversation with Mr. Yogi Chug was like I, enlightening like I enough. I mentioned, this is going to take more than just one radio Absolutely. show. But we're already out of time. Yogi, you, I mean, you. You educated me, um, you know, as I said, I don't live in Fremont, but I definitely I have my business very close by, so right. I, that's why I've been so involved. Yeah. But thank you so much. And in closing, a quick two-liner to all our listeners. I would absolutely. This is a defining moment for our city. I've never seen an issue like this uh, flare-up. The Oakland A's was probably one opportunity. About 15, 20 years ago, a homeless shelter was going up in Fremont. Correct. And the same thing happened. And and it, it, it happened to be okay. This issue, confused, ask questions, do the right thing. Uh, at the end of the day, um, may the city have the will to do what is the right thing for the city. Thank you. All right. That was Mr. Yogi Chug. And we're going to be back in two weeks with two residents who have completely op- op- opposing views to what everything that Yogi has said today, and that will be on August the 13th. But thank Absolutely. you, Yogi. Absolutely. You were listening to Candid Conversations <laughs> with Reno Dillon. We will see you on the other side of the break. The views, opinions, and statements expressed in the preceding program reflect the views of the program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views of CAB Broadcasting LLC and its management or its sponsors.